Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. As always, hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show in the uh, snow globe that is outside. Inside, we're toasty, we're warm, we're thinking of sports, and uh, we're getting ready for the weekend. And I'm sitting here. Ben, are you involved in the, what is it, the Bahama Bowl? Are you Uh, watching that? Passively. Passively? Yeah, you've got UAB right now, 10-6 over um, the Miami of Ohio Redhawks. So we've got we've got Bahama football going on right now. You take it. You take it. 877-867-1670. Hit us up if you uh, would like to do so. Give us a shout. In the meantime, you got uh, Greg Beecham is on hold, and he uh, covers sports out in L.A. Uh, for the AP. Uh, Greg, how you doing? Doing great. Bill, thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely. So are you, by any chance, are you traveling to, uh, to, to Green Bay for this game? I am not making the trip, unfortunately. There's too much going on back here. But as a guy who covered the Packers in 1999 and 2000, I know all about uh, December and Lambeau. So uh, I, I've had that experience in my life, and I, I, I can skip this one. It's okay. I was going to say, I wasn't quite sure if you had the, the remembrance of what it's like to be uh, in December and January when it comes oh, to it's, Wisconsin. It's a singular weather. experience. It's yes, great. it is. I, I love it. I'm just joking. I love it. But let's but uh, let's time. talk. No, I, I completely get it. Hey, if I had my druthers, I'd be uh, I'd be basking in a little bit warmer weather myself. <laughs> that that being said, the uh, they're basking in the glow of a win and of a kind of a weird reuniting of uh, McVeigh and Baker Mayfield. But does it last? I equate this to when Jeff Saturday gets his first win as a head coach, and after that, reality comes crashing back in. Give me your thoughts on this team now. There's probably a little bit of that at play. I mean, it was a it was a big breath of fresh air to get Baker Mayfield in this team. It really lifted the spirits of guys who, not that they didn't believe in the other two backup quarterbacks behind Matthew Stafford, but you know, Baker Mayfield is clearly a guy who knows how to play this position at the highest level. There there became sort of a narrative around him in Carolina. It seemed like when he failed to win the starting job on a bad team that fired his coach, that he had somehow you know become an incompetent quarterback. Now he's still pretty good, and he can do a lot of things even when he doesn't know a fraction of the playbook. And he came in and, you know, that game was headed to a loss, honestly, until, until the fourth quarter when they, when they got two drives together against the, against the Raiders' curious dis- defensive decisions. But the fact that he just has the ability to do that, even with a team with no real standout receivers at this point, with, with no Cooper Cup, with no Allen Robinson, is, is a huge boost and a, and a huge, uh, a huge b- benefit to, to these guys. So the, so the mood is a lot lighter this week. Not that it was terrible before, but, but it, it, it's, a, it's a very mo- much more excited locker room, and they're really looking forward to this trip. After six straight losses, they get the win over the Raiders. It wasn't a spectacular win by any stretch. It was a come-from-behind win. But as we know here, it was an ugly win for the Packers to come back in the fourth quarter against the Bears, and then all of a sudden you've got this spark. What is it that McVay sees that, you know, uh, You know, obviously the, the postseason's a, a foregone conclusion, not going to happen. So what does he see now for the remainder of the season? It's a chance to uh, you know to see to see what's possible. You don't you don't know what's possible with Baker Mayfield. A lot of things could happen in his career at this point. And you know the Rams have no reason to tank. You know they don't they don't own their first round pick, so they have no reason to, to go out and then just and just not really try that hard to win. They're trying their hardest to win, even though they don't they don't have a half of their players. It seems like most of the time. So you know what they're going to look at is, is is put Baker in position to succeed. See what he can do. Just let it go. They're playing with a lot of freedom. You know there's there's not a lot on on the line for them. If they lose, they're expected to lose. So. They're gonna they're gonna go out and try what they can do and, and see see what Baker can do with this with this offense and how he fits into it and what he likes about it and then you know in five weeks seven weeks whatever they're gonna they're gonna look at at what the future might hold there's a ch- lot of chances a lot of different things that could happen and the the way to keep all those options open is to just let Baker cook and see what happens and that's that's appears to be what they're going to do that's what they did in the first game I and mean, with two days notice that's that's pretty impressive that he was able to get anything done at all 
And now he's had another week, you know, a full week of practice this week. He's studied the playbook. He's uh, slept for a couple of days, he said, to rest up from the from the whirlwind of those five days. And now they're just they're just going to go out and let it loose. They're playing with a lot of freedom. That's a dangerous team, obviously, but they're also not a super talented team at this point. So you have to you have to weigh that factor with reality. What uh, what is at the end of the season for for the Rams? Uh, you know, there was always talk about McVay. Will he or will he not come back? Is this it for Matthew Stafford? And obviously, they sold their soul to try to get that championship, and it paid off for them. So maybe the rebuilds in order. What what, what does this team look like at the end of the season? Uh, there's a lot of different ways they could go. I think Sean is leaning towards coming back. I don't know that he was ever 100% going to leave. He's a super competitive guy. I don't know that he's at that point in his life where he could be turned away. Having said that, the money that Amazon was offering, by all accounts, is just silly. So, you know, there's there's at some point where you just have to face reality and take the money. But I don't think that's where they're at at this point. I think a, a losing season like this has made him even more determined to show that he knows what he's doing and, and to come back and get this done with a team that is maybe a little bit more sustainable than the last one was. Not that it's not, you know, it's not not terribly unsustainable. They still have a lot of great pieces in place. That's the thing about the Rams. They haven't completely fallen apart. Where they've fallen apart is their mid-round draft picks have not hit with the consistency that they did in 2016, 2017, 2018. They they made nine picks in 2020, and only five of them are still on the team, and only one of them is a pretty good contributor, Van Jefferson. That's where they've fallen apart. Not in not in sacrificing their entire their entire roster depth for for you know the the, the series of great players that they brought in from Von Miller and you know everybody behind him. The place where they've fallen apart is they haven't drafted in the middle rounds as well as they used to. And if they can get back to that, they have a lot of draft picks coming up. There's a chance, you know, they could be right back in 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 a, in a winning team contention next year. If not, if some things continue to go wrong, you know, they'll have to make choices and they'll have to rebuild and they'll have to figure out what they want to keep and what they want to throw away. It seems like Sean McVay is going to be here for that, but nobody really knows what Sean McVay is thinking about that stuff. So we'll we'll wait and see what happens. But it seems like the odds are better than not that he's going to be back. Talking with Greg Beecham, at Greg Beecham over on Twitter. He covers L.A. sports uh, for the AP. So I wanted to ask you about uh, this Packers team. Coming in, the Packers have discovered Christian Watson. Their offensive line seems to be playing better. Rodgers is now feeling better with the broken thumb and having a couple of weeks off. The ribs are good. The run game has been okay. I mean, obviously their defense needs help. But beyond that, how do you stop the Packers now that they've discovered a downfield threat, the fact that they can run the ball, the fact that they have their weather? What does L.A. do well that counts? what the Packers can do honestly it's going to be tough I mean the the bottom line is the Rams are here for the picking if the Packers execute and if they do what they need to do and if 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 the things that have been working for them in the last few weeks continue to work you know that they're down Aaron Donald almost certainly they're down Ashawn Robinson up front so their their defensive line is a shadow of itself missing its two best players uh both the guys they thought were going to be edge edge rushers to, to replace Von Miller have both been released in the last month that's how great they did and so they're they're going with with Michael Hoyt, who's an undrafted you know product of Brown University, rushing on the, on the end. He's a very interesting, very cool guy, but he's not a you know elite caliber defensive end edge rusher yet. Bobby Wagner's having an outstanding season in the middle. He's been as good as advertised, or even better. He's rejuvenated after a decade in Seattle. He's playing great. So if the Packers can stay away from from Bobby Wagner and maybe Jalen Ramsey, who's been inconsistent this year but still has elite talent, obviously. Uh, they're going to have a lot of opportunities to make a lot of plays. And if there's one thing we all know about Aaron Rodgers is that he knows how to uh, find the weaknesses and, and exploit them. So, you know, the, it's it's there for the Packers if they want it, if they can execute, if they can get it done, if they're serious about staying in, you know, remote playoff contention, however serious that may be. It, the Rams are there for them. The Rams are going to try their best. They've got a good scheme. Raheem Morris is a good defensive coordinator, very solid. But there's only so much they can do with the personnel they have, which is very average at most positions right now.
Uh, real quick, uh, and I want to also ask you about this Packers defense because it has not been good. The tackling has been poor. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, they have a few weapons. Like you talked about, Baker Mayfield got it done without really having the benefit of a, of a high-profile guy like a Cooper Cup. But how do you see them attacking this Packers defense? Because the Packers really not good against the run, but their secondary has also been susceptible. I think the Rams will try to run the ball. I think it would make a lot of sense in the weather. I think it would make a lot of sense with with finally having an offensive line with some cohesion. They're probably going to have the same starting offensive line for three straight weeks for the first time this year. After the first 12 games, they have 12 different starting combinations. That's That's been the source of all their problems has been the, the turnover on the offensive line before the season and then all the injuries during the season. So I think there's a good chance they will try to run the ball behind Cam Akers, behind uh, rookie Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. I think I think that would be that would be the wisest thing in terms of uh, in terms of dealing with the weather and in terms of putting Baker in positions to succeed off, off the play action, off run pass options, that kind of thing. And uh, I think they can you know they could probably run against the Packers. Almost everybody is able to run against the Packers if they do it properly. But you know they, they do not have an, a great offensive line. At least they have a solid offensive line now. Cam Akers has not had a great season, but he's healthy and he's he's eager to run. And so if they, if they can get something going on the ground, which they have at, at times this season, they've been a terrible rushing offense mostly, but a lot of that's because they were behind and they had to throw the ball a lot. So if they can get that moving, then that'll set up op- opportunities for Baker Mayfield to pick out spots he wants to exploit and matchups he wants to exploit downfield. I think they've got a chance to, to do some stuff, and, and the trouble is they've got to keep up with the Packers' offense. So I, it's, it, there could be more points in a, in a cold, cold, uh, miserable day in, in Lambeau than most people think because it seems like both these offenses have a – a lot of reason and motivation to get it, to get out ahead. So we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm curious to see what how they approach it. But running seems like a good idea to me. They play in the NFC West, and the games that I've seen uh, so far this season, with the exception of maybe I think the Seahawks, but that was they they haven't played the Seahawks on the road yet. This is the only real cold weather game they're going to face until they get to Denver. Correct? I mean, correct. no, wait a minute. Denver's going to be actually at SoFi. So this, uh, this, year, this yeah, is the, only their cold weather Seattle. game. Yeah. Yeah, Seattle is January 9th, and it's cold in Seattle, but it's not Green Bay cold. So, yeah, they've had very few cold, cold weather, serious cold weather games altogether since Sean McVay got here. We were talking to Aaron Donald the year or two, year or two before this when they were going to Green Bay. I guess it, was, it wasn't the playoff game. It was the one last year, maybe. And he, he said he'd never honestly really played in a snow game before, even though he's from Pittsburgh. He had never actually you know, had to suit up in that kind of thing. That's how lucky they've been with the weather in the, in the NFL. He'd never played in college or in pros. So this is a test that they don't know a lot about. I mean, some of those guys are from cold weather, you know, schools, but a lot of them are not. And so uh, they've been they've been a little bit, you know, a little bit of macho posturing. Bobby Wagner and, and tight end Tyler Higby both been like, oh, we're not wearing sleeves, you know, no sleeves. It's, it's a personal thing. We're not going to do it. But uh, Bobby's Bobby's line yesterday was that if, if the quicker you make a play, the quicker you can get back to the heaters. That's the advice he gives to his young young teammates. So we'll see if they take it. <laughs> Well, you know, from being in this area, when you start thinking about the cold, you're beat, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. The, the gets, fact gets that they're always talking about making a play and getting off the field back to the heaters is that doesn't bode <laughs> real well. They, they were asked about it, to be fair. They were asked directly about it, and Bobby came up with a funny line. So we'll see how they do. <laughs> right. Yeah, no doubt. Good stuff, man. I appreciate it. Uh, look forward to talking to you soon, okay? Thank you, Bill. Great to talk to you. You too, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That uh, that is Greg Beecham, and he works with the AP out in uh, out in uh, Los Angeles. Covers LA sports, and uh, obviously giving us the lowdown as to what's going on uh, with the Rams. And he does not have does not sound confident at all. It's not like you know many people saying, "Hey, the Packers are going to struggle with the Rams in some way, shape, or form." Don't, I don't see it. I mean, he doesn't see it. He's like, "This is not a good team. They're unbelievably banged up." 
They don't have a lot going for them right now. Uh, their depth chart just looks, you know, like a, it, it's a mess. Matthew Stafford on the IR, Cooper Cup on the IR, Koski on the IR, Allen Robinson on the IR, you know, Jacob Harris on the IR, David Edwards on the IR. You know, I can go on and on and on. Uh, Brewer Chandler on the IR or at right guard. I mean, you know, Robinson Ashan, um on the IR. Uh, Jordan Fuller on the IR. I mean, you can just go through that whole list of guys that they've got. Uh, you know, obviously uh, Brian Allen, the center, is questionable, and you know, Joan, uh, Ernest Jones, questionable, and a lot of guys are banged up on this team, man. Big. So he did sound Baker, more confident about Baker than I yes. thought. Mm-hmm. Where the mood inside the building might be that he actually could bring a lot. Maybe I, it's recency bias to think <laughs> that he's struggling. I really wonder, and I and I said this yesterday. I wonder how much. Because, you know, the story of Baker Mayfield and Sean McVay on the plane, I mean, McVay wanted to talk to him and then finally said, okay, enough of this, let's talk football, and started picking his brain and talked about, you know, macho toughness and a man's man and going on and on and just heaping this this large amount of praise on Baker Mayfield. And on one hand, you're trying to build up your quarterback because you want to win games. I understand it. But you wonder how much of that is – you know, they've, you know, Cleveland misused this guy. Carolina mus- misused this guy. We, we've we got him. I know how to use this guy. I wonder how much of that is genuine enthusiasm or just trying to hype up a guy that has kind of been on and off at best in his last couple of destinations. You know, you wonder how good Baker Mayfield can be with Sean McVay or if Sean McVay is just blowing a whole lot of smoke, just trying to get his guys to buy in, to believe a little bit and maybe give them at least a shot to get, you know, a couple of wins down the stretch here. So, and he's right. They don't have a first round draft choice. So it's not like you're playing for, you know, the, the number one or number two guy, you know, maybe for a quarterback down the road, you're not doing that. You're just trying to win some football games. Uh, 877-867-1670, If you want to find us, do it. Love to have you. Um, and, and let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back a lot more of the Bill Michael show coming at you right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. You want to look at the lake start freezing over. Before you know it, uh, there's going to be the shanties that are going to be out there. Next week, it's going to get cold, and uh, that's going to be the time that you're going to start seeing the uh, the shanties being towed out onto the ice, probably by the end of next week, next weekend maybe. Uh, but uh, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill, you can look at it, but you don't have to feel it as you're going to be warming inside and enjoying yourself, maybe doing that pig porker sandwich or a really good wrap. They have really good wraps, BLTs. They also have some really good uh, pizzas out there as well. Check out Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill right on Pewaukee Lake and tell Ryan and his staff we said hi. So, Ben, tell me th- th- this whole story about the Cardinals, uh, the former Arizona Cardinals assistant and UTEP coach Sean Kugler has filed arbitration with the NFL after he was dismissed from his job. Um, it, it, kind of a mistaken identity or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, so when they played that game in Mexico against Kansas City, 
he was fired right afterwards, and they said some sort of misconduct, some sort of assault right. that happened there. And today, uh, he is filing suit with the NFL, saying that it was mistaken identity with the Cardinals general manager, Steve Keim, who also took a <laughs> indefinite leave of absence the day after they got back from that game. It's very odd. It, yeah, it's now they look at they, they look very similar to one another. Oh, like identical. Yeah, they're like identical dudes, man. So, whatever happened, one whatever happened, one guy did it. The other guy got blamed for it. One was taking a leave of absence. The other one gets fired, and the one that got fired is going, "Wait a minute, this wasn't even me. I wasn't even there." So, ah, yeah, that's uh, you never want to work with somebody that looks dead on you, you know, because then you get blamed. It's like uh, you know being one of those property brothers. Remember the? Uh, I don't know if you saw that that they uh, were working on a house and the house fell down. Then <laughs> one was blaming the other. So no, yeah, yeah. That's why you never want to look like somebody that screws up. Well, you know, you want to stay far away. Funny you say that. Ebo ran with a bit for pretty much a year and a half that I looked like Graham Mertz, which I disagree with. Ah, uh, a little bit. I can see that a little bit. Never, I, I never bought totally into it, but I can see that a little. I mean, put it this way: anything that goes wrong in the uh, in the station then he can blame on Graham Mertz right or any miss errant pass or bad throw or crazy statement he can blame it on Ben Kenny hmm. many things are my fault <laughs> with the team on the field <laughs> uh no i can see that well it's because they're using your illogical logic again oh, there you go it's not completely <laughs> illogical sometimes right. it makes sense i swear Ah, uh, there you go. Um, 877-867-1670. Uh, hey, by the way, I don't know if you saw this or not uh, in the uh, the actual uh, Bahama Bowl that's going on right now, the Hometown Lenders Bahama Bowl. Did you see the way the guy from Miami of Ohio kicks off? No. Um, Did you see that? He doesn't put the ball on a tee. He lays it flat. Oh, what a legend. He lays it flat and like like soccer kicks it. And just pooches it, just spins and tumbles over, you know, end over end. And it's it, it's which actually is kind of ingenious because you, nobody would want to get near that thing because of the way the ball bounces. It you know you can either pick it up and run with it for seventy yards and go into the end zone, or it can hit you in the shoulder pad because of a bad bounce and become a free ball, and they can end up with it. But uh, yeah, he lays it on its side and kicks off. Just which is why he's playing at the University of Miami of Ohio, and he's playing in the Bahamas Bowl. Oh, don't, uh, don't give slander to, to Mac <laughs> Mac football, Miami of hey, Ohio. Hey, that is the you – know, you know the most famous quarterback to come out of there, right? Big Ben. I do. Ben, ben Roethlisberger. I, I grew up not far from there. There is a legend that I have experienced at the University of Miami of Ohio. Do you know what that is? Did I, t- did I already talk about this? If I did, I apologize. No. It is the old train caboose dude. Uh, there is a an area that you go to, and it was, you know, legend. Uh, back when I was young, and we used to drive up there, and every now and then, you know, being in, you know, last year of high school or first year of college, uh, you'd go up and, you know, kind of scam your way into some of the parties. And uh, there was a place uh, way in the back roads, and I'm sure today I could find it if I had to, but in the back roads 
where you would go down and you would park and the legend had it that there was, and it was documented. There was a, um, back in the days of train engineers, you had an engineer in the front and a guy in the back and the guy in the back would wave the, the red and the green, you know, um, lanterns. So you could see the back of the train. And then when they would wave the lanterns at one another, they knew they were okay to go ahead and start the train. Well, this guy on the back of the train got killed. And, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know if the train backed over him or what. I have no idea. But the guy got killed. So you go to the end of the street, you park your car, and you're supposed to blink your lights on and off, on and off three times. And then you are supposed to see either the red light or the green light. And they say if you listen hard enough in the distance, you can actually hear the train. Okay. Uh, the only time I ever did it, I did it with my a few buddies and a couple of girls we drove over there with, and we blinked the lights, and the only lights we saw were the red and blues from a police car that pulled up behind us and said, you can't drink and park here. So <laughs> I never saw it, you know. And then we were made to pour out the beer, and off we went. But uh, but that that was that's legend. I've had a bunch of people that have said, oh, yeah, you know, it's 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 true, but I never had the time to actually see it and witness it myself. Because because we were this close to being arrested for open container. Instead, we had to thank God we didn't crack any beers open. We weren't drinking at the time. We were just getting ready to. And then they said, nope, you guys, let's check your IDs. And I was, God, I was buying beer when I was 16 because I was so tall. So they said, nah, you guys aren't 21 yet. You're going to have to dump that out. So anyway. So. I was wondering where that was going. Yeah, that was it. But that's that's the legend up at the University of Miami of Ohio campus. It's just south of the campus, uh, south southeast of the campus, and there's a country road back there, and that's what it is. I was thinking it was either that or you flash your lights three times and someone gives you drugs. No. God, no. <laughs> and see, I was playing sports at the time, so that wasn't even a thought. You know, like beer was a big deal for me. Oh, my God, I'm drinking beer. This is terrible. You know, that type of thing. So uh, anyway. Uh, let's do this. Uh, when we come back up to the bottom of the hour, uh, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, uh, Matt LaFleur just left the podium. We want to hear what he has to say on his Friday presser. And then don't forget, coming up in less than an hour from now, going to talk with Mike Clemens to round out the rest of the program. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up, and it's coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. forget about our friends over there at skipper buds it's not usually the time you start thinking about buying a boat or anything like that but if you do have a boat lover in your life uh then don't uh, don't forget about uh, skipper buds uh, specifically the one in pewaukee and you go out and see todd and the gang out there they have all kinds of accessories so you don't feel the need to necessarily go buy a boat but maybe for the boat lover or the outdoor lover like that in your life the water sports fan uh, there's all kinds of stuff in the showroom that you could go pick up on. Or if you want to go out and make a great deal, because nobody else is thinking about buying a boat right now. If you want to go out and make a great deal on one, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're looking to move them because this is the time of year that you're going to start getting in, uh, the, uh, 2023 inventory and you got to move the 2022s out. So go for it. Go, go do your thing. 877 You want to hit us up? Feel free. Uh, Matt LaFleur at the podium just a little while ago. Let's take a listen to what Matt had to say. 
There you go. That's Matt LaFleur and uh, getting a little technical, but uh, nevertheless, uh, kind of, you know, a lot of cliche stuff there. Nothing real, you know, earth shattering. He just says, I just got to prepare my team. And, and, you know, there's times when you ask a question, Aaron Rodgers, and he says one thing and then LaFleur says another. LaFleur almost gets irritated by the question. And it's, you know, that's why he said, well, to each his own. It's like, I, well, I get it, you know, I'm, you're right to each his own. But don't, it seems like he just, I guess you're fighting right now for your playoff life. And I understand that. You're you're trying to just kind of hang on, right? And instead, you know, <laughs> you, you've got, and, and it all has to revolve around the playoffs. It's not like he's, it's not like Aaron Rodgers is sitting there watching scoreboards of other games because he's just looking for something to do. I mean, he's doing it because at this point in time, you're kind of hoping that your team has the capability in some way, shape, or form to actually find themselves in the postseason, right? So, uh, uh, but he almost, LaFleur almost seems irritated by the question sometimes. I just, I always find it funny that he just gets that little, like, burr under his saddle, like, I'm not going to, whatever. Okay, good stuff. Hey, I want to tell you about our friends at Dwayne's Cover It All, Wisconsin's best canvas upholstery and boat cover provider. You can follow them on Facebook. Go to Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. That is Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. And if you're, uh, say, an office owner and you want to do your office furniture, you own a gym, you want to redo a lot of the gym equipment, uh, maybe you just want to do a boat canvas or a canvas, say, in an awning in front of your business, a uh, great place to go. And uh, he can work it out with you. All you got to do is call 715-870-2119. 715-870-2119. There you go. Uh, Bob says, well, some people just hear what they want to hear, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I won't uh, won't disagree with that. I won't disagree with that. Uh, Watcher said, no, he just doesn't address what is actually reality and tells us the vanilla answers over and over and over again. Uh, this is from Jason who says, every time I hear Matt LaFleur speak, I keep thinking he gets softer and softer and softer. He's a shell of himself from what he once was. That's something we were talking about yesterday. And I, I, I brought it up a couple of times throughout the season, but it, it's not just me. He sounds a little more. I mean, now, granted, you don't have the season you want. You're not 13 wins again. You know, you're not fighting for the number one seed. You're not, you're not living as the, the golden boy coming in here, you know, uh, as the, you know, the reclamation savior after Mike McCarthy was blown out and you just got this golden touch and anything you do is great. This year he's struggling. This year is where character is revealed, right? So you got to want, you you wonder a little bit about the quote character being revealed about your ability uh, in the face of adversity to, to coach, to grab a hold of uh, the team, to, to motivate, to challenge, to get the most out of your guys, you know? Um, I would assume, I'm hoping behind closed doors that things are just extremely good. But every time you hear him speak, and I hate to say this, I really do, <coughs> excuse me, but I hear him speak, and I go, I, I'm, I'm listening to, to Rodgers, and he's got pep in his step, and he's talking about, you know, the offense and about, you know, Christian Watson and, and how he compares to some others, and then you got uh, all this discussion about, you know, the possibility of, you know, kind of laughing about five wides. We haven't done that in a while. We've now got Christian Watson. We've got Romeo Dobbs coming back. You know, you got Cobb having a good season. The running back uh, running backs are playing well. You know, here you go. And then you get to LaFleur, and you're like, oh, my God. Are you even, even think you can win? You know, that type of thing. So it's just uh, it's it's uh, it's just a kind of a tale of two 
two discussions, I guess. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. 877-867-1670. Uh, by the way, Jimmy uh, writes into the, uh, the, the, the email, uh, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Jimmy says, uh, hey, unit, love the show. Going to be up there on Monday night. I don't care how cold it is. Got a bunch of friends selling tickets. Have you noticed that more fans are selling tickets than are becoming inspired about the capability of getting into the postseason? Uh, I, I don't know about fans hey, look it's a monday night it's gonna be cold a lot of people are gonna sell tickets to that game even if they were even if they had 13 wins already a lot of people are going to be selling tickets to that game even if it was an undefeated team cold weather monday nights never uh, thursday nights even worse but monday nights yeah don't they're not as great that's when there's a lot of people going you know what i think i'll sit this one out it's not a noon game on a sunday you know i'll sit this one out you see it all the time. I have, But to answer your question, yes, I have noticed that there have been quite a few tickets and quite a few people putting their tickets, uh, whether it's on Facebook or over on I, even on Twitter today. I had a couple of people retweet me and say, hey, I've got tickets to sell. So, yeah, it's there you go. Uh, Pac-Fan said it's starting to seem like you have, might have something against Coach LaFleur. Uh, no, I'm just I, I think I'm expressing reality. And it, you know, Mark just ahead of you says, uh, you know, it's funny, uh, I, you know, tongue in cheek, Matt Lafleur should be a motivational speaker. You know, uh, it's and Watcher says, stop telling us we're accountable and just start showing us instead of just telling us. It's not just me. It's not that I have something against him. That's not it. I just think he is he has morphed into something that he wasn't when he first arrived. And I'm not saying it's necessarily for the best. You know, when people keep talking about whether or not he should be fired, the only reason Matt LaFleur should be fired, and the only reason any coach should be fired, is if you no longer have your guys. If the team stops believing in you, if they stop listening to you, if th- if you don't have a way to pull a team out of a tailspin, anybody can ride a win streak. Anybody can do that. But if you don't have the ability to stop the bleeding, if you don't have the ability character-wise that's revealed to be able to, 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 to be better when things are really, as far as adversity goes, piling on, then, yeah, you need to go. But I'll, I've said this time and again. I think Joe Barry's gone at the end of the year. There's probably going to be a couple more coaching changes, but for the most part, the staff's going to remain a lot the same. And then Matt LaFleur is going to keep his job. And then he has another year to get it right. But if if next year, let's just say, <laughs> excuse me, let's just say they get bit, beat this week or next week or whatever, and they're out, they're eliminated, okay? And out of the next four games, they win maybe two or one. Then Matt LaFleur is going to get an opportunity to fix it come next year. If you have a year that is very similar to this year, he won't be back. Guaranteed, he won't be back. That's not my call. That's just going to be in general. It's just going to be... Back-to-back losing seasons, pretty much unacceptable when you've got a team that everybody believed at the beginning of the season was more talented than what the record indicates. So it's not that I have anything against him. I have anything. I have something against any coach that can't stop the bleeding, any coach that is given what is considered to be a quality team and can't manufacture wins and doesn't seem to have everybody on the same page. I mean, we saw it in Mike McCarthy at the very end. And I defended Mike, too, for a long time. But when Mike, it became obvious that the team, he lost the team. Once that happens, I don't care who you are. 
you know, Bill Walsh, Tom Landry, anybody walking through that door. Doesn't matter. Don Shula, once you lose the team, you're done. Every coach has been hired and fired. Very few coaches just retire and walk away after success. A lot of them just, they get fired. It happens. It happens. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. Would love to hear from you. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the Rams on Monday Night Football. The Rams still looking for their first win here at Lambeau Field under head coach Sean McVay. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur on facing his former boss. We've played each other quite a bit over the last couple years or twice in the last two years, and there's a lot of familiarity within the staffs. Of A lot of us have worked together, and so we kind of know what we like, but... Sometimes that can you can overthink things as well. So there's a lot of similarities, whether it's offensively or on defense, just in the schemes. And it's going to come down to who can go out there and execute the best. The Packers' chances of reaching the playoffs improved a little when the Seahawks lost to the 49ers last night, 21 to 13. Seattle now seven and seven on the season, and they may have lost one of their best receivers. Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll after the game. Tyler Lockett broke a bone in his hand. Uh, and this index finger right in here, you know, and we got to figure out what, what's the right way to go. I can't, can't even fathom that. I can't fathom playing without Tyler. So in order to finish 9-8 and eight and still have a shot at the postseason, the Packers need to win their final four games, three of them to be played here in Green Bay. It started with that win in Chicago, Aaron Rodgers. Like I said after the game, we're playing meaningful football in December, and that's that's important. That should be the focus. And, and look, the fact is, their stuff is out of our control. What we can't control is we got to win out. We can't control what happens tonight, what happens on Sunday, you know, games that we need to go our way. But, you know, we control our focus and our approach and and, uh, and be a pro about it. And, and if we do that, you never know what can happen. We'll get on a little run here and, and make things interesting. That's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Certainly appreciate it, uh, as always, and uh, good to get you back uh, both on the stream and uh, over and over the air, so we always appreciate that. Uh, let's get into the phone calls, shall we? Let's do this. Uh, we got a couple people that have been on hold for a while. Let's go. Well, let's go to Tim, listening to us in Sparta. Tim, how you doing, man? What's up? Hey, buddy. Um, I got a couple of things for you. The first one I want to say thank you again for having Forgotten Fire Winery as a uh, sponsor. Uh, I went back up again and got six more Petite Syrahs and oh, six wow. more of those walleye whites. I just love that walleye white. It is the most interesting wine on the face of the earth. Never had anything like it. And I've been drinking wine for, oh, more years than you've been alive. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think that Lafleur is, is the cause. I agree with you, um, the cause of this year's problems. Um, I think his lack of leadership with his coaches 
getting them all on the same page. They've got talent there. It's just not, it hasn't found a direction. Um, when I, you know, first draft picks and what they did last year, I said they'll have six losses just because it'll take that long to get the offense, you know, all on the same page. But I did not expect to see them this bad, and I think you can blame that right on the coaches. Um, right. I just, I just do. Um, hopefully he finds himself, writes the ship, gets rid of uh, the dead weight there and uh, uh, on the defensive coordinator side uh, and get somebody better in next year uh, because there's talent there. There's no denying that there's talent there. Um, and then the last thing I got for you, Bill, is uh, I got something for the Ben Kenny files. Um, oh, God. Do you remember the movie Animal House? Yes, of course. Okay. You remember that scene where the uh, horse dies in the uh, dean's office? Yes. That actually ties in with Grinnell College. Gary Cooper, remember him? Great American actor. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, Gary Cooper went there for one semester. It was his freshman year. Um, him and the dean uh, did not get along, didn't see eye to eye. And the story goes at Grinnell that um, he killed the uh, dean's horse in the dean's office over Christmas break. So that's where that scene actually comes from. So you've got your Grinnell tie-in as well. That is the holy blank moment, you know, when they kept yeah. screaming it over and over again. Yes, exactly. Yep. So so that's another one for your Ben Kenny files. Uh, we'll <laughs> dig it up. You have we'll a great weekend, and you have a very Merry Christmas. All right, bud. Talk to you soon, man. Appreciate it. He drops off. You get on board. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Find us. Go ahead. Give us a shout. That's interesting stuff, you. frankly. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I like nuggets like that. Now you now you go back and search, you know? Go back and search. Who knows? Who knows before it's all said and done? Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, uh, do it. Coming up after the top of the hour, uh, we're going to have one more segment of Open. And then Mike Clemens is going to be joining us coming up here in about 15, 15, 20 minutes, something like that. We're going to talk with Mike. He'll take us the rest of the way as we get you ready for Packers Monday Night Football. And they are now just eh, that much closer to the postseason, if indeed they can continue their winning ways. We shall see. We shall see. Stay tuned. Hold on more to the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.